Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host today, Rich Polly, and joining me not today, Ben Hibbert. He's not here. No, he's uh, he's got stuff to sort out. He's buying a house or something. Um, but joining me is Liam Baker. He's going to have to do half of the talking for once. It's still going to be a very tough challenge with you in the chat, Rich. That's true. Fair. I feel seen, but appreciated. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also joining us is a very tired after a weekend of doing, I think, the f- final weekend of his extended birthday celebrations, which have been running for about three months now. Tim King. Yeah, that's it. You know, I, I've, I think I've milked it long enough. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, got back today after a lovely weekend at Centre Parks with brothers, sister-in-law, nieces. So uh, I've absolutely been cut off from the world, so I've no idea what's happened in X-Wing. <laughs> well, you only turned 40 once. More's the pity. Yeah, that's it. It's all all down here for now. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've been turning for uh, turning forty for the past three months. <laughs> you, might, you might as well just carry it on, mate. Uh, well, three three weeks. I'll give you. I'll give you that. So, uh, yeah, like I think uh, the next couple of weeks, hopefully, are just going to involve nice, simple one day X wing events, and that's it. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Um. So today we're going to talk about, there's been a few store championships that have happened over the last kind of week or so. Uh, So we're going to have a quick canter through um, each of them. Uh, We're going through three of them. So it is going to take up a little bit of time, probably some live as it happens, clicking through Yasby when we say, what's that pilot? What does it do? And we try and remember what things are. So um, bear with us if that happens, Uh, but it shouldn't. We are typically okay at this kind of stuff. and then uh, just to mention that this week is the last week for the Sith Taker League um, sorting event. So um, for anybody who's not aware, um, Ben administers a, um, a TTS run um, X-Wing League, which has got quite a lot of people signed up to it. Um, and they start every season with a, um, a giant Swiss-based event. So... Um, it's the last of eight rounds. I lost my final game today. Um, as on at time of recording, I went five and three, so I was quite happy. Um, so waiting to see the results trickling in to see if I end up in the top division or the second division down. But I don't know how big the divisions are going to be yet. So who knows? Um, and then we'll all get split out into divisions. It'll be exciting. How are you getting on, Liam? Uh, I'm currently five and two. Uh... I've kind of been fluttering between lists. I've used FO, Scum, and CIS at the moment. Uh, I've had a couple of friendly fires as well. I've played Andrew Ola and Dom Flanagan, who were both in the Tauntaun server. Uh, managed yeah. to come out victorious across both of them. Uh, I know me and Dom, we, we were just like, let's just play. Let's just try and enjoy the game and have the zero pressure game, which is why I took Scum. And then Scum yeah. did Scum things. Yeah, I've been um I've been flip flocking between Republican resistance and um I got paired into Aurelian who's um captain of XTC Team France and uh friend from um Resist Tank. So I decided to fly Resist uh Republic because I knew he'd be flying resistance and I didn't want a mirror match. Um and he flew exactly what I thought he was going to and it completely annihilated uh my Republic jousting arcs. So I had three arcs and Anakin and uh two Z ninety fives and his resistance T seventies 
block basically just wiped out the arcs one at a time and there was nothing I could do about it. Um, so, I'd, you know, I made made a good fist of it. I didn't lose too horribly, but um, took a couple of his and got a lot of points and stuff. But he, yeah, he well deserves his six and two. So we've only got one unbeaten player, which is Illy from Germany. Um, so he's currently sitting at seven and oh. Oh, no, sorry, we do have two unbeaten players because we've got a, a former opponent of mine in the league, running target from New Zealand. Uh, who has six and one draw, six wins and one draw. But Illy's the only player with seven wins. So if he can maintain his record, he'll go eight and oh. And we might even send him a little prize if we can find something appropriate. So uh, When he stamped me into the ground, he said you can send any prize support to me. Did he? Yeah. That's I don't believe true. you. You'd be a fool not to. <laughs> yeah, so last round, him and Nobby actually uh, from Australia were the two, um, the two six and O's, and, and Illy came out top. So he's currently sitting on the seven O, and he is paired into uh, to running target in the last round as well. So it'll be interesting to see if he manages to do it. Um, so he's had a bit of a had a bit of time of it as Illy, but um, he's beaten a, quite a few decent players in his in his run through. And running targets beaten both you and me, I think, Tim. Uh, on his way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was um, it was a good game, but yeah, very much was beaten. Oh no, I didn't play him in this. I must have played somebody else from New Zealand, or played him in a different tournament, possibly. Who knows? I'll, I'll message him and try and win us some pride back. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'm not sure that. Oh, it was John. It was John that I lost to. Who's in fourth? So, anyway, I was just looking down and going, New Zealand people. Who is it that's beaten me? So, anyway. Uh, so good luck to everybody in your last round of games. Um, we'll just move on to these tournaments. So first one's first. Um, we could have probably got the winner of this one on again, but he's been on so much in the in the past that he's recently had to join a different squadron to stop himself from becoming a Sith taker. So um, Gaming Den down in the south somewhere, Basingstoke, Basingstoke which is yeah. Kent, is it? It's near London. It'll be Hampshire. You, you tell us, Tim, because you used to live in the south. Yeah, Bas- Basingstoke will be Hampshire. Uh, yeah, south of London, kind of. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, it's more towards Southampton. Yeah, yeah, definitely Hampshire. Yeah, south of Reading. I didn't know that's where they lived. I thought they all lived in Kent or something. Oh, I thought it was but... just west of London, to be fair. It's kind of southwest of London, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Not a geography podcast. Um, so, <laughs> thankfully, Tom Flanagan won it. Um, so it was a um, straight, I think, five rounds of Swiss um, that they played. So they didn't have a cut. Um, Dom played uh, the kind of play-in for win against uh, George Barker. Um, so Dom was using separatists again. Um, disgusting thing that he does uh, with Suntag. I mean, it's a very good list, um, but I have seen people that aren't Dom flying it and doing incredibly badly with it, so it does need careful handling. Um, I feel seen. Uh, not just you, to be honest with you. Quite a few people are picking up very similar things because Sunfac's cheap. Um, so it's Sunfac, Dirge, General Grievous, Diz281, who's the tri-fighter that gets re-rolls by becoming strained or stressed, uh, strained or depleted, depending on whether he's re-rolling attack or defense. Um and then DFS 81 with shells and stuff. Or um, also known a two-point filler ship that's good for objectives. Uh, it's a really, really solid five-ship small base list. Um, does a lot of messing about with other people. Um, and there's a lot of stuff to think about and a lot of things to try and dodge. So um, 
yeah, he went 5-0 and and he won the day. So he's got an invite for Worlds for next year. So well done, Dom. Um, I was going to... Do you want to go through some of the lists? Other than Dom's, which we've talked about in the past? Uh, uh, we can't yeah. look at George's list because it's not on Longshanks, but I have seen it somewhere and I'm going to go and grab it. I want to have a look at... Martin Chivers' list, but I can't see that either. Right. So here's George's list, which is a Republic list. So you've got five-point Anakin in the Etta with Malice, Brilliant Evasion, Predator, and an Ion Cannon. You've got Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Delta-7 with Brilliant Evasion, Patience, Marksmanship, R7A7, which is the Crit Droid, and CLT. You've got Oddball in the Ark for four points from Siege of Coruscant. And then you've got Build Your Own Contrail and Click um, with bombs basically um on contrail he's got dedicated delayed fuses and bombs and then click has got dedicated r3 um and synchronized console so um contrail's actually got two points hanging around there um which i don't think there's anywhere else that you can spend them so it's interesting but um yeah so it's a it's a relatively high initiative list it's a six three fives and click and a four as a support piece um I mean, I want to talk to Tim, but I know he's knackered about this. It, to me, this looks like a combination of good Republic pieces, um, leaning less into the big jousting blocks of arcs and more into little nippy things with three agility that are hard to kill. Um, yeah, I with oddball to act as a as like an anvil almost. I think that's you know that's what Cormac did well with, didn't he, with his um, list at uh, Games Expo, which a few people have jumped on and something I've looked at because like although the arcs are good and you know, they do hit hard and, you know, you got the veteran tail gunner for two shots and a lot of synergy. Uh, they are only one agility. So, you know, if your opponent focuses fire, then they do you know, burn down. Yeah. 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 Looks like a really nice list, though, that, to be honest with you. It's something that I might think about using at some point. Um, in the I think aesthetically, it. Republic probably have the nicest looking lists in the game, especially when you've got two arcs on there. I think outside of the fire spray, it's my favourite looking ship in X-Wing. Yeah. Yeah, the arcs look really nice. I mean, to be honest, all of the Jedi ships look nice because that's kind of the aesthetic that they've gone for. Um, so, you know, the Etas and the Delta Sevens both look nice. Then the arcs are really pretty. And then there's, I like the V-Wings. I like the styling of the V-Wings as well. They, they it, It's a cool list. And a lot of people... Do you remember back in the day in version one and two when... You would have like the jump masters and skurgs and things in the meta, and people would walk past the table and go, "Is this a tack wing? What is it? I don't. What are these ships?" And you'd be like, "Oh yeah, there's a problem with the meta at the moment. That people walk past people playing X wing and don't know what game it is because there's no Tie Fighters, there's no Millennium Falcon, there's no X wings on the table." Um, with this, because of the success of the Clone Wars, people walk past and go, "Is that clones?" And you go, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. And they go, oh, you're playing against X-Wings. Oh, that's cool. I used to play X-Wing in version one. It's like, well, we play here every Tuesday night. Down you come, um, sort of thing. So it's it's great to see kind of recognizable kind of movie or media ships back on the table as opposed to things that got mentioned in one line of a source book of a role-playing game that was released in 1982 or something like that. Um, it's a good read, that book is. promise you. <laughs> it's the, um, I can't remember, who was it? It was Num Lum. I think it's Nom Lum. Is is literally mentioned in one line of an RPG source book or something like that. Do you want uh, to know why? No, but tell me anyway. 
So Nom Lum is a completely made up character and it was the, I think it was some of the FFG guys that were doing their own Edge of the Empire campaign. Mm-hmm. And Nom Lum is one of their characters. Oh, right. Okay. Fair enough. So they needed more pilots and they were like, well, how about we just put my character in? And nobody thought to say no. (laughs) And nobody said no. And to be perfectly honest, I think that's quite nice. I think I heard it. uh, Max Brooks was talking about something like it on a podcast or on his blog. And there was a couple of other pilots that made it in like that as well. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not much to say really about more more to say about George's list, to be honest. Other than it's five really solid Republic pieces that he has very clearly flown very well um, through the duration of the day, um, because they're the kind of pieces that can explode. I'm just looking at who he's played against. He's had a he's had a rough old run um, in terms of players. So he's played against the Queen of France himself, Dale Cromwell, in round three. Martin Chivers, who's no slouch in round four, and then Dom before he finally lost in round five. And he was Martin's only loss. Um, Martin also went four and one um, with his first order, what can only be termed as filth. Um, so, yeah, he, he's run through kind of uh, quite a few. Oh, he had a, he had buy in round one. I didn't know Ollie Williams had gone down to the event, but. Um, uh, he, he travels to a lot of events. He just makes all the uh, the numbers odd, and well, <laughs> he fixes the uh, the odd number problem. Is Love you, Ollie. Love you, Ollie. We're not being mean because we want to be mean. We're being mean because we like you. Um, he knows it. Um, <laughs> I feel bad now. I still can't <laughs> believe that's stuck. Oh, you're so bad. Um, so Martin's flying this. Um, Martin's flying this uh, this first order uh, nonsense, which is uh, oh no, no, he's not got his list up it up either. Um, him and George haven't put their lists in, uh, but he's basically flying some kind of first order um, nonsense, which is probably similar to Dale's. Um, Dale is von Reg, midnight, quick draw, whirlwind, Malarus. So three sixes and a five. Why not? Uh, three sixes and two fives. Do apologise. Get rid of Kylo, fit in an extra six. So rude. I mean, we're going to see this emerging, aren't we? This high initiative first order stuff. Yeah. The thing is, all the pieces can die. uh, But then you look at it, one of the pieces that does generally crumble is Von Reg, and he's got deuterium power cells. So he can just get a shield back when in. When he feels like it, quick draw is always difficult to burn down, and that's something you've got to focus fire on. And if you're focus firing on quick draw, you're still going to get shot twice. But then you've got all the other pieces facing down on the rest of your list. Mm-hmm. So, so Malarus is piece. yeah, Malarus is double modding two cl- well modding two cluster missiles with ability um, probably twice. Whirlwind is the one that picks up a whole bunch of optics, isn't it? Uh, of focuses. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and there's a swarm tactics on quick draw. So, Whirlwind is getting all of those focuses at I6. Um, yeah. So, basically, you've got you're shooting three, uh, four ships shooting at six and one ship shooting at five. It's almost like that um, T70 list that Mark Packer Hughes did well with at Expo. Um, but he's swarm tacticing up to five, um, not. And this is swarm tactics up to six. So 
it's um i mean i can see why dale likes this list because this is purely it's not jousting if they're not alive to shoot back um and it's all leaning into just doing damage so there's there's optics on whirlwind so with multiple focuses plus optics plus marksmanship plus fanatical on cluster missiles as well because of course you're gonna slam in take a lock is what what initiative is whirlwind anyway he's a two isn't he or three three whirlwind's a three yeah so he's in at the point of the spear, isn't he? But he then takes a lock on whatever is going to be in front of him, and then he gets all of his focuses, and then he's basically rolling two fully modded cluster missiles. Ugh. There's a lot of shots coming in off this list, like low key. It doesn't. It's like oh, it's only five ships, and then you realise that it's shooting seven times in the opening engagement, and it's all modded. There's three ships at the double tap, which is. A problem because it turns a list with five shots into a list with eight shots. Yeah, I mean, it only double taps if you shoot the thing that you should be correctly shooting to get it off the board in quick draw. Like, there's nothing here that's easy to kill. It's either got loads of health and shoots you back if you shoot at it, or it's got three agility and a pile of tokens. So, and it's got three ships that don't mind picking up crates as well in quick draw, uh, Malarus and Midnight. Yeah. Yeah, decent. Decent. Like it. I mean, I don't like it. It's fairly disgusting, but, you know, that's that's the world we're in. Um, in fourth, we had uh, Nick from Farcast. Uh, so he went four and one as well, um, and he used Poe Dameron in the Falcon with, um, I'm just going to say, Chewbacca and Trickshot and then all the usual stuff. Uh, LOSD, uh in a T70 with M9 G8 to give rerolls probably to Poe. Uh, Lulo with heroic marksmanship shield, Fireball, um, Jarek Jaeger, the I5 guy, um, who has an ability that nobody ever uses, and then BB8 with Larma Daisy as crew. So Larma is the one that allows you to jam while stressed, I think. Um, so, yeah, again, a bunch of solid pieces, and Poe Dameron is an I7, uh, an I7 and I6 ship trundling about the place, doing big old four dice attacks. Seems good. I'm guessing you've got no opinion on that because it's a resistance list, Liam. No, it's, I was going to say a naughty word then. <laughs> but I didn't, right, fair enough. so you're welcome. <laughs> and yeah, we've talked about Dale's list while we were pretending that it was Martin's list. So like, I don't know what Martin's actually flying, but if it's anything close to what he was using at Expo, then it is that whirlwind kind of combination um i don't know if he's got kylo in there or something but dale was doing that it's got 73 shots at i6 um or whatever it is thing so those are the four and ones so yeah there we go i mean part of me wants to put this into let me put this into pattern analyzer very quickly and we'll have a look at some of the stats uh pattern analyzer I love Pattern Analyzer. It's so clever. So if you go to pattern-analyzer.app and you put the um, oh no, it's not List Fortress. You put the event ID in to uh, to it. Um, it uh, will give you um, a whole bunch of different statistics and stuff about each event. So um, like this one is um, eight four nine three on Longshank. So you just type that in. Uh, and while it's loading up, oh, there it is. I can stop filling. Um, 
So it doesn't have the lists, obviously, for George and Martin because they didn't submit them, but we can look at some stats. So uh, the most successful faction was Separatists because it won. That's the thing with small events. Um, you, you're never quite sure um, what you know is player rated and what is um, list related and, and what is matchup related. The bigger the event gets, the more it kind of balances out. Um, I said to somebody today, quite funnily, when they were talking about, oh, this thing won a store championship, I was like, don't forget that seven fireballs won a store championship once and it didn't set the world on fire. It did mean that loads of people went out and bought fireballs before realizing that it was a 12-person store championship somewhere on the west coast of America. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I mean, the most popular faction by a stretch was Sis, uh, I think. Separatists. I mean, we've got a big old, like a quarter of the lists didn't re record a faction. It was actually. So the, <laughs> are you, are you, I was going to say, you're on about uh, the game, game of Dembezes, though, one. Yeah, There's only scum. three separatists. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm looking at the, the stats, and there was like scum. I think there was five people brought scum. Um, and one of them, I think, made cut. Um, or not cut, but like did all right. Um, so, like, just. What's the most popular um, chassis? Is oh no, I don't want to even look at that. Most popular pilot across all factions was Diz T eighty one with uh, no, that's not no sort it by kind. I'm remembering how to use it. It was Dirge, Dirge Cadbane, Bosk, then Elasti, Han Solo. So it's the usual stuff like. The meta is shaking out. There's, we're seeing the same ships appearing in basically every list. Like, if you take a faction, it's almost like, you know, here's your 10 appropriate pieces for your faction. Um, but we will see something quite interesting in one of the other store championships that we're coming up to look at. Um, and... Oh, interesting one. At the gaming den in Basingstoke, other than marksmanship, which is always the most taken upgrade because it's the one-point talent. Liam, what was the most taken upgrade other than marksmanship? Uh, I don't know. Uh, so I, how, how many rogue classes were there? Can you, will you give me that information? Because if there's I'm a rogue class, you're probably looking at proton cannons or something. But because I'm of the amount of scum, I'd probably say something like contraband or overtuned. How many Do rogue to... classes? Yeah, because they've got the double cannon slot, haven't they? Uh, so there were... Uh... Oh, I can't do numbers. I can't be bothered to find it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, there was there was quite a lot of rogue classes. Um, there was four. Uh, well, there's four dirges and four cadbanes um, across all factions. Um, but you were actually right. It was contraband cybernetics and then proton cannons. Eleven instances of contraband and nine instances of proton cannons. Um, so fairly popular. And then S foils, which don't really count because it's an automatic. Um, interesting though that then after that it's shield upgrade. So um, I'm not sure what ship you staple shield upgrade onto that's towards the top of that. Um, hmm, interesting. 
What's in that that wants to always take shield up? It's Fenrau. Uh, General Grievous, Lulo Lumpar, Major Von Reg, another General Grievous. We've got a Q9. Yeah. We've got a Fenrau. We've got another Fenrau, another Lulo. Okay. There you go. That's them. That's that's the eight. I, I just went onto the page and put Control F and Shield up. Look at I you using your look at you using your modern technology. There was actually um, eleven dirges as well. Yeah. Uh, and a little bit of a shout out to um, Alex Burt who went uh, two wins, one loss, and two draws. Um, so he's uh, swinging back round again. And this is his second store championship in about three weeks. And the last one he went to, he was 0-4. Um, but this one, he took Rebels and he's uh, he's snagged himself a couple of wins. So he's coming back into the he's coming back into the scene and doing well, uh, which is. But he's great using to Rebels see. though. Yeah, he's using um, Bartosz's list from Expo, I think, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, right, we're going to move on. Uh, so, congratulations to everybody um, who played at Basingstoke and uh, well done again to Dom uh, for the win and for getting his world's invite which he's totally going to use otherwise I'm going to go down to Basingstoke and smack him in the face and um, shout out to Ollie Williams for giving another five players uh, a win well done <laughs> I said to the um, community right um, the next one was a uh, the realm in Bria in California so here you go to the other side of the world in the current climate, probably no less sunny than Basingstoke. But um, so this is kind of uh, peak Minoc territory or or fly better territory as they were known before they all quit um, making podcasts. Uh, so um, they played. I'm just going to have a quick look at the uh, at the thing. I think they played four rounds and then they cut to top four. Um, so there were two players that went four and zero, oh, uh, and then. A, three players that went three and one. One of the four and O players did the honourable thing and dropped, as did one of the three and one players. So the guy who got a draw and came sixth got to play in cup. Um, so uh, actually I've just realised the guy who was number two dropped as well. <laughs> two of the top four dropped, as did number five. So the cup was played between one, four, six and seven. Um, so uh, top cut uh, was then played out and the event was won by, drum roll please, Young. Yep. Turns out he can still play X-Wing. Um, now, here's the sad thing. I don't think we've got lists unless they're in that one. Yeah, we don't have lists. Um, they've not submitted them. A couple of players have done. So uh, who really knows what anybody was using um, in that? Um, well, I'm sad that I've brought this one up now because there's like four lists or five lists registered for the whole thing. Well, um, See if I can find them somewhere else uh, while we're talking. I mean, yeah, it's the uh, it's the D Yun is still good at, at X Wing. Turns out that if you stop playing for a bit, it doesn't really matter. You can still be half decent. Um, so I know he doesn't listen because he's kind of out at the moment, but it's great to see him back playing and doing well. So well done, D. So um, apparently, I have spoken to D about this. Uh, yeah. He was kind of out of X-Wing and then was reminded that he'd signed up to a tournament. So we just grabbed a few bits in his box that he was familiar with, went and ended up going uh, the distance and winning it. Yeah. So he went, I think he went three and one on the, um... yeah, he went three and one. Yeah, in on Swiss. The, on, on the actual day in Swiss. Um, I think he lost... 
did he lose his? No, he didn't lose his last game. He lost. Uh, he lost round three against somebody who a guy who came second, one of the two four knows. So he lost his round three game, was two and one, and then came back in to, to get into fourth and probably think I've sneaked into cut, not realizing that cut was going to go all the way down to number eight or seven or something. Um, so yeah, cool, well done. Uh, right, we can move on from that one. Um, we've got one more to talk about. Uh, so this one happened in I don't know where it is, Florida. Probably the Haven. counts. Yeah, North America East Castleberry. There you go. It's on. It's so this is on Roll Better. Um, so it was a um, it was a four round event with a cut to top two. Um, they had twenty two players and. And, and and an additional who was there in case there was a buy um, who then dropped and never played. Um, so they had 23 people signed up. Um, I know that there was another tournament somewhere in America, so um, we're going to just try and find these ones, but we can actually look through the lists on this one. Um, so this was won by um, Andrew Cox, who came second at Worlds. Um, he was using um, uh, basically... It's a bit like Bartosz's expo list, but he's replaced Battle of Yavin Luke with Fenrau. So he's got Bartosz's Han build with Perceptive Copilot, Chopper, Bistan, Engine Upgrade, Millennium Falcon. Then he's got Wedge with Marksmanship and Crackshot, Keo. He's got Duke on Keo, actually, instead of a Procket, which is an interesting thought. Um, and then he's got Sabine with uh, Beskar plating. Um, but yeah, Fenrau with Crackshot, Predator, and Beskar. What do you think of that? I mean, it's solid. I like the fact that people are starting to use the uh, the Rebel Fenrau. Uh, Han Solo's just pretty much solved a double tap in I6 with yep. infinite rerolls effectively is very solid. Uh, yep. Wedge is a good cheap uh, piece that'll just chip away damage because of his ability. Mm-hmm. Keo's actually pretty good with Duke because she's already got the force. Well, they've already got the force. Yep. And they just evade and boost and whatever. So yep. they're always getting some form of mod. And Sabine's a really good two-point uh, filler. It's probably the best two-point filler in the game at the moment. I, I don't think there's a probably about that. I think Sabine is. There's a discussion about whether Beskar or Lone Wolf is the best talent on her, uh, the best upgrade on her for three points. But that as a two-point ship, there's there's other good ones. So like the other two-pointers that aren't generics are good. Um, but Sabine with her ability and her three greens and, oh yeah, she's just rude. Um like, I had to go and look up what Rebel Fenrau's ability was again, but it's before a friendly ship at range 1 to 2 engages. If there is an enemy ship in its front arc at range 1, the friendly ship can remove a non-lock red token. Um, so, strain, stress, ion, um, deplete uh, can all come off um, before you engage, which is rather tasty. Um, because it's any ship at range 1 to 2 offense who can't use it on himself. But basically, he can strip stress from other people and enable some hilarious shenanigans, I, I would assume. <laughs> There's all sorts of antics going on with that. Um, 
plus crack shot and predator so when he does get the juicy range one shots even though he doesn't get the extra dice like scum Fenrau does he's he's maximizing it when he lands a bullseye on somebody um and he's still got concordia face off so he's still pretty good yeah it's a good list um so the team uh the person that came second in this one was uh the uh, just clicking back uh, Right, it's it's real better, so I don't know what the real names are. Is Nacho Taco? No, that is his <laughs> first name. Right, okay. Um Nacho Taco was using um a Republic six ship combination of ships that count up to twenty. Um, so he's got Wolf and Jag, but he's not taken the Siege of Coruscant versions. He's homebrewed them and he's got marksmanship plasma torpedoes. R4P and synchronized console on both of them. So the same upgrades on both of them. Then he's got Sickle with saturation salvo, multi missile pods, Wolfpack, agile gunner, and a synchronized console. So Sickle has huge amounts of fun with his side slips. And this is basically, he's not there to give other people rerolls. He's there to absolutely annihilate stuff with his own abilities. Um, he can do it more filthily with barrage rockets, but multi-missiles just like well kind of getting as good. And Wolfpack is a nice way to get locks for Wolf and Jag to use their um plasma torps with. Uh oddball in a V Wing and then slider and boost the two point uh clone Z ninety five headhunters. I mean Oddball's got plasma torpedoes as well. There's synchronized consoles going off all over the place. Um this looks very much like one of those if you don't know what it's going to do and you fly into it you before you know what's happened you've eaten five plasma torpedoes and then you've eaten a multi-missile pod with saturation salvo. Yeah? What's not to like? It is horrible. I've tried facing against these uh, Republic lists where they're running two arcs minimum mm-hmm. and it's just so much to chew through. Especially when I'm running Lantex. All of my, like, there's, there's two shields across my entire list and everything is brittle. Yeah. And it gets found out uh, fairly easily. Uh, I think you did it to me the other night, didn't you? I was going to say we played a game and I didn't realize like how much two arcs list gaps in an, uh, an Antex list. Like, I suspect that Dom has had to fly his socks off at. Um, in Basingstoke to beat George with George having an arc that can just constantly just be near for, um, Sunfac and just be like, if you make a mistake, I'm killing you. That You know, that's what's about to happen. Just be aware. That's exactly what it is. I mean, I, I will point out that you flew a very good game. Oh, thank you. Well, I, won't, I won't say I didn't lose to the list. I definitely lost to you. Uh, the list didn't help, but you definitely put the majority of the work in. I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, take that away from you, especially when uh, it normally goes the other way. Definitely uh, dented my confidence normally. a bit there. Normally, <laughs> normally goes the other way, but today or, or Monday or whenever, it? Friday, whenever it was, I beat you. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm blushing now, so I'm going to move on before I start um, getting a bit too up myself. Uh, so, bit of a weird thing happened in this event. Um, so it was a four round event, and then it cut to top two. So the player that came third, so three players went three wins, one draw, no losses. The player that came third, Crispy, came ninth at Worlds. 
He played out a loss in round two against, weirdly enough, his sister, um, probably because she's inside his head. Um, who she, he started her playing X-Wing, um, and she came seventh. So well done to Kat. I don't know if she listens, but well done to Kat for, for coming seventh, getting 2-1-1. One, one. Um, Crispy played out a draw. As a result of playing out a draw, he got a lower strength of schedule because he got 1.18 strength of schedule. When Andrew and whoever it was that came second both realized that they were 3-0 and and the closest person to them was a 2-1, and one, uh, a 2-win-1 draw, they did an intentional draw. So their record shows three wins, one draw, to each other in round four of Swiss, and then they played the final. And competitively, if you're wanting to play to win a tournament, I understand, I don't understand. Logically, I I get why you do that, because you're wanting to get through to the final. You're not wanting to risk losing your final game. Um, And as long as draws are a thing, this will happen. But I think it's awful that it does happen because there are other players who are on two and one who can win their last game. So you've got one, two, three players on three wins and one loss who had no chance whatsoever of making top cut because the two players at the top basically said, we're going to intentional draw. Now, you're not supposed to talk to each other about it. You're not supposed to collude. There was a world in which the results further down the ladder went in a very specific way that meant that one of the two people who took the intentional draw would not have made final table. That didn't happen. The results didn't fall the way that they needed to for that to happen. It was very vanishingly unlikely that one of the early people that Crispy beat would beat somebody else later on sort of thing. Um, I mean... It's a four-round store championship. You're there to play four or five games of X-Wing. Why are you drawing one of... I, I like it. makes no sense to me. Genuinely makes no sense to me. And if AMG can decide worlds... And I, I have said this multiple times to multiple people in multiple places. If AMG can decide who wins worlds on a road roll, then every single game of X-Wing can be decided on a road roll. If you play out 75 minutes at a tournament and you have got a draw, then... Roll three dice and take a win or a loss. I just hate draws. While they are in the game, people will do intentional draws. And you can talk about booting people for collusion all you want. Like, seriously, I remember at Expo, Chris Mitchell, one of the best TOs in the business, stood up and said, you know, this is how you do intentional draws. You put your hand up. If we get any whim whatsoever of anybody who's spoken to their opponent, explained the benefits of, of drawing or anything like that, well, we'll boot both of you. Even the strongest TO in the world isn't going to boot somebody unless they have concrete evidence that there has been that collusion. And that concrete evidence cannot exist in a game store where two people are sitting down, everybody around them, there's a buzz of chatter. And all you've got to do is say, hey, dude, if we intentionally draw this game, we both make cut and we're both on the final table because it's a four cut to two. Um, and then you just go, right, and you both put your hand up, shout, judge, say intentional draw. And then the people who are playing to try and get a three and one and maybe sniff in, um, depending on the outcome of of the three and O games playing each other, just look across and go. Well, we might as well go home. What's the point in playing the final game now? Other than I like playing X Wing and I'm here to have fun. Like I just hate it. Sorry, I've just tirated there. 
What do you think, you know, Liam? I'll piggyback on the on on that as well. Like I know there's a benefit to intentional drawing, but I will never accept a draw at the beginning of the game. Like if you get to the end of the game, your opponent goes, "Do you want to draw?" And I'm looking at the board and. If I can identify it's pretty much 100% lost for me and they offer me a draw, I'll snatch his hand off. Yeah. But I'll never go, if we do this, this, and this, we guarantee ourselves in because I'm there to play a game. Uh, I think this instance is magnified a little bit as well by the fact that it was a top two cut and the tournament structure is a top four cut. So yeah. what they effectively did is just knock two people out without having to play. And I don't think that's fair. But it also gave people below absolutely zero chance because they got, they've got uh, first and second place locked in. Yeah, Everyone else has paid money to play a game that doesn't play around that doesn't matter. So the, the tournament structure that is promoted in the box for this, just to, just to confirm what you've just said there it basically says at least 16 players and you play a top four cut so you play four rounds and a top four cut that's the guidance in the box because yeah. that's a significantly bigger cut than you would expect for a top 16 based on the old tournament regulations the so top 16 basically i think just said yeah just play four rounds of swiss and you'll have a winner um so, because effectively round four becomes your top two because you've got two undefeated three and those out of 16 players. Um, but they've said play four rounds and then do a cut. So, yeah, this event has the TO the in this event, we've no idea what happened. Um, we can postulate and think and, you know, have opinions about what might have happened um, over the, you know, but we really don't know. Um, but basically, this event has dropped it from a top four to a top two. Um, and then, to exacerbate that, the people have done an intentional draw. And that has meant that, yeah, there was three players who were, or four players who were on the play-in, who were on the bubble to get into the top four cut, um, who didn't get to. Um, which is a real shame, because I think that, um, and there's no guarantee that either of them would have ended up on the top table if they'd had to do a top four cut. Um, but it would have been uh, a great final between Crispy and um, Andrew Cox as both kind of top, because like Crispy missed cut in Worlds on MOV or Strength of Schedule or whatever. Like he was, he was the seven and three player, not to be the eight and two player who didn't make it or whatever it was. Um, I can't remember. Um, but basically he was the, the one person with the winning record who didn't get into cut. Was it eight and two? It was. Um, eight and two for Worlds, yeah. yeah. So he was the one eight and two player at Worlds who didn't get it. Um, Andrew obviously came second. So, you know, that would have been a, a real Clash of the Titans kind of amazing final for a store championship. Um, and yeah, it just sucks that it didn't get to happen. Um, and yeah, we don't know why. So anyway, if you as a store championship don't want us to be rude about you when you run your event, run four rounds and cut to top four. If you've got and, and players, submit all your lists, <laughs> yeah, and submit all your lists because it'll be fun. I mean, I'm looking down this, and it's um, yeah, it's five ships, six ship, it's Republic, it's first order, it's yeah, there's a, a few bombers here and there as well. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a good amount of variety, you know, there is a lot of different stuff showing up. Um, I'm just gonna call out. Um, one of the players who f who finished fourth phase, um, he went three and one. Um, he 
his only loss was against Andrew, the 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 inevitable inevitable winner. Um, he flew a five ship separatist list. No sun fac. He's got pre Vizsla with Notorious VTG, Deadman Switch and Swivel Wing. He's got Grievous with Afterburners, Impervium Plating, Marksmanship, and Soulless One. He's got Volan Das, your boy, but without out maneuver, so he can get some upgrades. He's got a shield upgrade and overtuned modulators and a marksmanship for that big one turn of double modded pain on somebody. Then he's got DGS 047, which is apparently a HMP droid gunship with Hondo. Everybody likes Hondo. I don't know what DGS 047 does. Um, and then you've got DFS 081, which is the, the two point named um, droid tri fighter. Um, do I don't understand. For you? I'd like you to go through the whole list for me because it's separatist, so I just believe people when they tell me what it's doing. Cool. So DGS 047, after you perform an attack, if the defender is in your front arc, you may acquire a lock on it. Then if the defender is in your bullseye, it gains one strain token. Okay. I mean, it is initiative one, uh, so it is shooting last, so your opponent does get the benefit of being able to remove it. But previously, he is the one that spends two charges, which are one reoccurring. And if the pilot he's shooting at is a higher initiative and he sits there at initiative three, he gets to add a red die. Right. Uh, Obviously, he's got Notorious, so if you shoot him, you'll get a strain token, which means he will shoot you back with more more mods. Uh, Veteran Talgunner, everyone knows what that dead man switch does, so... He's the ticking time bomb and a big trade piece. Uh, yep. Everyone knows what Grievous does. Uh, Volandas, this is the... Uh, I don't quite have the confidence to run him properly load out uh, where they take marksmanship, <laughs> overtuned, and a shield upgrade. I mean, what, if the, what, what you're saying is this is, the, this is the one for people who just believe that they won't roll natural hits every time because they'll take an evade and roll out of arc and then throw four unmodified dice and then be sad when they don't all come up hits. No, you just just take out Maneuver. That's all you want. Scares a lot of people, but sometimes he just doesn't roll hits, which I've experienced quite a bit. An I-5 without Maneuver is a scary thing, especially with repositions. Um, Yeah. The sad thing he's got is that his reposition isn't linked to a focus. Well, sorry, his out Maneuver reposition, he can boost into a focus, but he can only barrel roll into an evade, which just basically means that He's barrel rolling for an outmaneuver shot, but then he's rolling naked dice. But I mean, if you don't point something vaguely near him, then he can boost around and be getting outmaneuvered shots on things with mods. So still still a bit scary. Yeah, and then we've got the DFS uh, 081, which is the uh, the one that Dom runs with energy shell charges, independent calcs, and grappling struts. So he sits on a rock and just loves life. Yeah. And while a friendly ship at range zero to one defends, this thing can spend a calculate to change all crits to hits. So he's yes, actually he, he, a very good defensive piece for your team because he doesn't just have to sit on a rock and capture objectives, but he probably will be. But like in Chance Encounter, where he doesn't want to be doing that, you can put them along at range one behind one of your higher value pieces and just be like, yeah, you're not critting it. <laughs> I've got to calculate you're not critting it. Let's go. Um, I do like yeah. DFS 081. He saved me a couple of times. I had someone roll three crits into him. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I had two whole left and I evaded two. And I was like, I hope this isn't a direct. Here's how you guarantee it. 
spend a calc and he's like what are you doing I was like this is just a face down damage card because I changed crits to hit to this yeah and you saw their face drop as he survived on one with a crate haven't taken three crits yeah Yeah. oh he's rude for crate carrying as well um yeah yeah I mean I saw um I know Tom uh Veal from Sheffield was flying pre-Vizsla with Notorious um at a recent event he went to and he was chatting about how good it was and or I don't think he took Notorious I think he had other things but basically Previsla is just like a massive big cannon that just is there to say shoot at me and you know I've got however much health they've got 11 health can you get that 11 health off me before I've won an objectives or my other ships are in position and I've started murdering you so um I mean, I find this interesting because it's a separatist list and it doesn't have dirge in it. Um, they've gone for other pieces, so they've taken Volandas over dirge, um, which both at four points. I think dirge is probably a better ship, but uh, I guess I think, that I think dirge is one of the best four pointers in the game at the moment. Then we could Especially have this discussion. We could have this discussion. Best four pointer in each faction. Go. I think separatists. It's dirge. Separatist, it's Dirge. I'll say Republic, it's probably Siege of Coruscant Anakin because he's only four points and he's I6 and he's got Malice and Regen, so he's a real pain. Um, I would but... argue that with Oddball. <sighs> Oddball and an Arc. Yeah, because he gets a shield of grace. And Selfless. Selfless yeah. in Republic is pretty huge. Um, it is good. Um, I mean, there's a lot of four-point ships in Republic at the minute. So all of your Naboos are four points. So you've still got Rick. You've got Padme. Probably not as good as Anakin. Probably not. I mean, there's an argument between, I guess, Oddball and Anakin, and it depends on what you're doing with the rest of your list. Um, I've been using both of them. So, you know, maybe I'm on the right track. <laughs> but, I mean, there's some great combos. Um and there's a lot of good four-point ships floating about now. Like, you can get Mace Windu for four now. Now, he doesn't have CLT anymore because of reasons that nobody quite understands. But he's still got three force. Um, so, you know, he's still a solid piece. But he is a solid piece that's a two-dice gun. So you probably need to put something in to help him out with that. Like, But that means taking a lat or something with seven fleet gunner on board, which is hard to fit in these days because it's ferociously expensive. But, um, okay, first order... Best four-point ship in first order? I have uh, no clue. Is it Von Reg? No, he's five. You can't Von Reg's five. Is I it would, Ember? I would be looking at Ember just through familiarity, and I know how good that ship is. Uh, there's no FOs at four now. But you've got Whirlwind uh, and Nightfall as Whispers. Again, Whirlwind, yeah. Whirlwind and Nightfall are great pieces. I think Nightfall, I've got a bit of a soft spot for him still, so I'd probably go Nightfall with uh, Ember being a close second. No no XI shuttles in there? You're not, you're not going to go for one of them? No. No? Can't tempt you with a Zeta Squadron Survivor? No? Ooh. LeHughes, to be honest. In a, oh, um, LeHughes is also good. I, I think it's, I, it's between Ember and, uh, and one of the Whispers, probably the the one that we've been talking about, Whirlwind. Yeah. But go on, put, pin, your, pin your flag to the mast for one of those two. I'm just going to go Nightfall. No, Nightfall. Whirlwind, Whirlwind, Whirlwind. Not, not Ember. 
I want to, but I feel like it's the wrong answer. <laughs> Although Whirlwind has an asterisk because his squad value is either seven or eight because you've taken something with Swarm Tactics. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Republic, I don't think it's Lulu anymore since Lulu's loadout got quasi-nerfed. By, I thought Lulu's um, in resistance. Uh, we're doing resistance now, aren't we? Yeah, you said Republic. Did I? I've already done Republic. Um, yeah, that's why I got so confused. Lulu's squad value, uh, Lulu's value got quasi-nerfed because Predator got put up from two to three, so his loadout stayed the same. And you can't get shield upgrade heroic and Predator now. You've got to make choices, but Lulu's still a really strong shout. Um, I think the probably the standout piece though has to go to Eloasti at the minute. Love Eloasti. Eloasti was so bad right up until the moment when he became a four point I five, and now he's really good. Um, those white talon rolls, if you actually plan for them, is um, time on target is just crazy. Like you can put, as I see a lot of ships, a lot of uh, lists where there's an M ninety eight reroll put on him or the R sixty eight reroll droid. Um, you know he's got eight loadout, which isn't amazing, but it's plenty. Um, so you can get him rerolls from somewhere, and then you can get him heroic. You can get him a few bits and bobs, um, and then yeah, he's just a little I five that is hard to kill because he's a T seventy and he's got white turnarounds. So a bit of a budget. I love Hello. He's, he's I think he's my favourite T seventy pilot simply because he's named after a Beast Boys album. Yep. Um, gonna give an honourable mention to Jess Pava, who at four is an absolute menace. Um, especially in lists where you bring a swarm tactics and she's not shooting at three, um, and you can use your cannon uh, i5 or i6, then it's um, she, she's getting a lot better. Um, but it's hard to choose in resistance because there's so many choices at four because all the good T70s are basically four now. Like Snap Wexley is a brilliant four point ship as well, um, but he's not i5. So, uh, right, Scum and Villainy, this is the hard one. No, I have it's no clue. Is it? Even though it's even though it's bad dirge, even if it's bad dirge, uh, you're either looking at dirge or probably one of the fang fighters. But I think dirge is just too good because yes, he can't take the title, but he still gets uh, pro on cannons, and then you just get access to illicit slots. Yeah, this bone arm. Who? Uh, it's a it's a hawk with the moldy crow title in scum at four yeah, points. Uh, or Kane and Jarrus. Kane and Jarrus is four points, but six loadout now, so can't take. No, more. he's dead. Uh, so what? You're looking at your fangs. What Joy Cad? Probably yeah, Joy Cad. Uh, I haven't looked at Toy for uh, Torfun at all. Uh, I've never seen him on a board, and if I have, he hasn't been on there long enough for me to even consider what he does. He's a uh, double tap. He's a very conditional double tap, but he is a double tap. Yeah, I, I think just my gut feeling, I'm probably still looking at Dirge. It's an I-5 with a bullseye weapon, so it's pretty easy to line up. Yeah. You can take proton cannons, I-5, always a bit good. Um, what about L337, L late in the YT-1300 freighter? Orlando. That's four, four points. Five, oh no, he's five points. Sorry, I've just gone mad. I forgot we were talking about four pointers and started looking at five pointers. Right, here's the problem. Re- 
Uh, we're talking about Imperials now, Liam. The Empire. You can't pick Darth Vader because he's not four points. Okay, I was going to go with Fifth Brother. Mm, that's a strong opener. Yeah, strong I opener. think it's also the right answer. Okay. So you can also take Seventh Sister. Actually, I'm going to counter mine with another suggestion. Go Captain Jonas. Again, he's great in. He's a great squad piece because he's not oh, there agreed, for himself. Yeah. But I mean, he kind of is there for himself, isn't he? Because he can, he can, he can self, use it on himself, self yeah. double mod. So that four point, that four loadout is fairly, fairly cheap. Barrage, saturation, salvo. It's probably three hits into one of eight max. Yeah. Pretty rude. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of ships in uh, in Empire. Um and we can probably go down through a whole bunch of things like interceptors and stuff. Um, it's such a broad church. It's difficult to point at one thing and say, yes, that's definitely the best ship in the entire faction. Because, um, I mean, you've still got Hullrunner and Aiden, who are at four, very expensive, but very, very, very solid squad pieces. Um, I think that's the thing with, him, with Empire, is they're always more of a sum of their parts than saying, oh, this one ship individually at four. Like, Etta Anakin is a brilliant individual ship. You can slot into anything because he's self-reliant and he doesn't need anything else. There isn't a four-point ship like that. Most of the other good four-point ships are kind of brilliant combo pieces that do stuff with other things. Yeah. Um, interesting. Um, okay. Um, I'll bow to your greater knowledge of Empire on that one. Uh, Rebels, a bit interesting. Because there's a lot of stuff at four points, leading off with all of the arcs, a um, couple of B wings, um, specifically uh, Gina Moonsong, who's at I5 and is four points. Um, you've got oh, Y wings, but we're going to skip past them. You've got the Fangs. Um, you've got Bodica, who we've seen a lot of in Rebels. So you've got Bodica Venge. Um, you've got, oh, no, there's nothing else. Briefly looking at Hawks, but there's nothing there. Um, a bunch of um, A-wings, but I don't think the best A-wing is a four-pointer. I think it's Keel, and they're a three-pointer. Um, you've got T-65s in at four points. Fairly low initiative ones, but you've got Corrin Horn. I mean, you've got Corrin Horn as an initiative five. Yeah, and then you've got Garvin, Jack, Colby, Levy. You've got the Souls Renegades ones, um, but Thane at I-5 is also a four-pointer. I do like Thane, and yeah. Thane did well in a store champ under the, uh, yeah, the Pauline skill of Panathi, didn't it? So yeah, Thane plus two um, Falcons and Sabine. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, can't understand how you can fly that list. It just feels like it's stupid, but clearly it works. Um, yeah, I mean, who'd you go with in Rebels? Like, there's clearly correct answers at five points. I think is probably Battle of Yavin Luke. Although Andrew Cox is making us think maybe Fang Fighter Fen would be a better slot at five. Um, but at four, there's so many choices. Like, is it Bodica? Is it Gina Moonsong? Or do you look at the arcs and say, do you know what? Garvin Dreis is really good. Um, let's put him in an arc with seven loadouts. Um, or let's put Ibtisam in an arc with nine loadout, um, which the 50-50 the chance to remove your stress, which never happens. 
um, or Shara Bay Arc Shield. They used to be able to roll 11 attack dice with her back in version 1, but you can't anymore. Um, but you can add focuses by putting locks on spending locks, so she can notionally get like 5-6 attack dice if she's boosted in the right way. Yeah, it's all a bit weird. I think I'd go for the Fang. I think. I'm confused. Well, how many points is normal Garvin? What X-wing Garvin? Yeah, four. Is he five? I think he's four. Uh, Garvin Dreis Battle of Yavin is four. Garvin Dreis not Battle of Yavin is five, but he has sixteen loadout. Oh right, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, Garvin Dreis in an arc is four. So I know Ed Gold has been flying. Um, Rebel arcs, um, but I don't know if he's been doing well with them or not. But I know I've seen them on his lists a couple of times. Um, if Ed's listening to this, uh, I just want to ask him if he'll take me to target next time. That's all. He'll understand. Uh, <laughs> did he? Did he leave you behind on a target trip, and you're still uh, no. salty about it? No, we went to target like eight times in the space of like five days. Oh, it was great. <laughs> It was like, I'm going over to Target. I was like, can I come? He's like, you've just come back from there. I was like, yeah, no, I'd like to go again. Uh, it, it's cool. I want to go and just wander about. I'm, I've probably missed something. Let me go again. It reminds me of uh, Cloud9. Or, well, Superstore, which is on Netflix, I think, and that's really good. Because yeah. I've worked in retail, and it rings a lot of familiar bells. Yeah. The general public are creatures. It's something that people have said to me, like when I've been to America, I've never been to Target, like I've not deliberately avoided it, but we've just never really had the chance to go. And people have said, you should go to Target, Target's amazing, you should go to Target. And I'm like, like, what kind of a shop is it? And they're like, it's kind of like Walmart, but less scabby, crossed with B&Q, crossed with like, like a Toys R Us, crossed with something. And I was like, so it's just like, just a massive shop like yeah but it's not like a supermarket it doesn't like it's more like costco crossed with and i was like right okay it clearly sounds like something i need to go and experience for myself so they sold really good chocolate milk i also discovered baby bells over there like 15 dollars for like six that's expensive uh, yeah we we couldn't go to walmart because i I didn't have my up-to-date injections (laughs) it's it's definitely an experience walmart there's um some very unkind Facebook pages relating to the kind of people that shop in Walmart. It's, um, it's... I read them daily. It's great. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Starting to think about Chicago, to be honest with you. Um, I know we're a, a whole points changing a whole bunch of releases out. Um, to be honest, I hope that they do actually drop some news on us soon because like, we can't just talk about the results of, disparate store championships for an hour and a half every every week although you know it will be fun we'll get some um some of the other uk winners on as long as they're not dom again and again and again um because i think he'll get fed up of me asking him the same questions about why are you good at x-wing how can i bottle your brain have it as an injection i mean he's got a Um, good brain but he's a brittle man so it's it's a rough trade. I broke a rib by hugging him. I'm just saying that. Uh, 
I think I was at the last Sith Taker Open and he, he, he got top four, I think. He lost to Fan in top four. And he was just standing there on day two. And I was like, are you all right, mate? And he was like, I am so tired. And I was like, why are you tired? Didn't you go to bed? He was like, I went to sleep, but I couldn't sleep. And now I'm so tired. I've had like two hours sleep. And I was like, and he was just standing there. And that was the point when I realized that he was going to do a five-hour drive <laughs> with with Pond and Nick, who apparently are both asleep by the time they hit the M60 in Manchester. Um, and he's doing the five-hour drive by himself to get back to Basingstoke in two hours sleep. And I was like, oh, my days. Yeah, we moved <laughs> into the main service station and Dom looked like death. <laughs> he's just like, I'm fine. I'll be all right. I, I have driven on that little sleep before. Um like I drove from kind of Lancashire to I think it was like Coventry or somewhere um, in a Luton van um, and basically I bought six cans of Monster and I spent a pound on a bag of giant fizzy laces and it was about a kilogram weight of them and it cost a pound which tells you the you know the quality of the the product that I was eating but basically I just sat and munched them constantly like I'm not even kidding it was just like it was like a chain smoker, but with giant fizzy laces. And then I was like, I think I had a packet of salted peanuts for something savoury to go in between. So it didn't start twitching from sugar overload. But that's how I did it. Um, totally safe, kids. Remember, don't drive tired unless you're wired on sugar and caffeine. Um, right. I think that's enough for today before I start going off on any more tangents. I can feel Tim going, hurry up and stop talking crap. Um, so... Tim, have you anything? Are you still there or have you mugged I us am off? still awake, don't worry. Have you got anything that you want to have a quick chat about um, or anything that you want to mention or anything from those uh, store championships or any lists that have popped in and, and piqued your interest? No, not really. No. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it's all much from, yeah, all much for muchness. Uh, I will say it's uh, Sheffield Patriot store champs this weekend and Sanctuary Gaming Centre in Mansfield nottingham uh next weekend i know those those for sure which i'm probably going to both uh depending on family cool. plans cool i'd like to say i'm going to join you but i know i won't so well i'm certainly going to go to sheffield i have got a ticket for sanctuary um and it all depends if uh other other plans get in the way as such but um no i mean we've still got we've got a fair few weeks of store championship chat no doubt um we haven't really heard much else or regarding European Worlds qualifiers or anything like that. I know there's a um I think there's a few in America coming up like is it Lone Star Open I think is coming up. Um Yeah. So we might yeah. get some sort of bigger sort of premier level events which will be um uh, sort of kick up a few more interesting lists. Yeah, there's a few bits and pieces um coming out of America definitely. Like um the more I try and figure out whether we can get the Sith Taker open turned into a world qualifier at some point in the future. Um, the more I find out about how it works and the more confused I am about how it all works because it's entirely regional. Like in America, if you've got a big event, you just apply. There's a process that you apply through and then you either win one or you don't. But if you know you're a big gaming convention, you're more likely to win one. Uh, or if you're in the UK or Europe, it's run by Asmodee Centrally and they basically allocate them to um, venues that then create an event. Um, so uh, anyway, um, kind of a bit of a tangent, but yeah, it'll be great to see what starts to come out. Like, I don't know, like it's starting to feel like 
with the exception of like the madness that comes out of Dan Athey's head when he flies two Falcons and does well with it, it's starting to feel like every tournament you're going to go, you're going to see kind of the same kind of seven or eight archetypes. Which is not terrible because like it's better than when we were just getting the one or two, you know, yeah. fa- factions or archetypes. So, so, so the meta is certainly more varied than previously but this is why we do need a regular points update and it doesn't have to be bang on six monthly but you want to keep that you know that churn going because that does keep the game fresh it keeps people you know inventing lists and and tinkering and everything like that so um yeah you know to sort of keep keeps it keeps the hype going keeps it you know keeps people interested in the game yeah exactly um and we're all just waiting now for whatever's going to come out next while playing some games and having some fun. So cool. On that note, I think we can, uh, we can leave it. So um, Tim, while you're off mute, have you got any shout outs or anything that you want to do for now? No, no, nothing this week. Uh, no doubt. I'll have some shout outs next week. Cool. Cool. Uh, Liam, you know, it's coming rich. Yeah. Go you on. know, it's coming. Uh, I'm going to shout out Born in Brum. Uh, hey. We have a store champ. Which yes, that does mean there's a world's invite on the line on the twenty third of September. Uh and I'm probably just gonna look at a couple of dates at the end of July and see if we can get just like a small uh one dayer if people just wanna scratch that itch and play a few games in a in a friendly local store. Uh yeah. And I'll be seeing probably some of you at Atlas on the fifteenth of July as I've been sitting here going, What am I going to? And then realised there's an event in two weeks that I've completely forgot about and not prepared for. There's two events happening that weekend. There's the Atlas one in Gloucester, and then there's also the Cornish Nationals happening down in Cornwall as well. So they've they've unfortunately clashed, which because uh, a lot of people would want to do both. Um, so it'll be interesting. I think it's to see called the Burnett Cup. Is it the Burnett Cup? Um, it'll so be interesting to see who's the most popular child. It's like clashing birthday parties. You say the fifteenth of July. Atlas, yeah, yeah, because that's the uh, store champs at Sanctuary Gaming Centre as well. Yeah, yes, which means I don't have to compete with Tim. That's a result. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. Maybe I can uh, blow off that one and, and come and upset you instead. You're going to drive all the way down to Gloucester instead of just over to um, Nottingham. It'd be absolutely worth it. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I went to Atlas. Uh, Steve Bolton was giving us all the spiel about like everything that's local. He's like, oh, there's a lovely local little farmer's market on. I was like, oh, I'll go check that out on lunch. And then uh, on lunch, I just walked straight through it and made a beeline for five guys. Because <laughs> you saw a five guys there and went, I'm having that. <laughs> uh, I asked him what there was to eat around there like a couple of weeks before. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I was like, okay, I'll have a look. And I saw five guys like top of the thing. I was okay. That's what I, that's me sorted for lunch. <laughs> Need nothing else. It's good. Um, right. Um, I don't have any particular shout outs. Um, to be honest, at the minute, um, I I wanted like shout out my opponents from the Sith Taker League and stuff, but I'm not going to go through them all because I'll forget somebody. Um, but like to everybody that is, uh, and uh, to Ben, uh, everyone that's playing in it, and also to Ben for running it as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm going to get back down to the club for the. I've missed the last couple of weeks um, for various reasons. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting back down to the club tomorrow night. So I don't know what I'm going to take. I've got three arcs and some stuff packed, but because I don't own Republic Z95s in real life, 
I'm not sure if I want to use one of the other versions or if I'm just going to bring something different. So Why don't you take Scum? Don't have any. I mean, you've got a Razor Crest, a Razor Crest and you've got some Fangfires. Yeah, and I, could, I, could fly, I could fly a really low-quality Mandalorian list, I suppose. Could do With that. a high-quality pilot, you'll bring it up to average. I've got a fire spray in there as well, so let's go. You're actually in a good position. You could fly separatists. <laughs> no, uh, let's not let's not go down that route. Um, right. Um, on that note, we're going to say bye bye. So it's uh, goodbye from Liam. Toodles. Uh, goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. We'll speak to you next week. Tara. gonna break my stride ain't nothing gonna slow me down oh oh